0: Hey everyone, this is our midweek leadership podcast. We believe that as you listen to it, it is going to move your life forward. So get ready for an amazing message. This is 1 Kings chapter 19, verse one says, when Ahab got home, what had happened was Elijah had this big throwdown moment with the king of Israel uh, and his wife who had set Israel on a path of worshiping Baal. The, um, what they described as the God of weather. Um, and for farmers, uh, weather was all important. And so um, they, Israel was worshiping Baal. And um, then God said, if you think that he is the God of weather, watch me shut up the heavens. And there was no rain for three years. And so uh, Elijah um, instead uh, instead and this is so important, instead of you'd think at that moment, or throughout the three years, Israel or the king would say, "I made a oopsie. This was a wrong move. God The God of the heavens is the one we should worship um, the one true God is the one, Yahweh. That, so let's change. Let's reverse course. But no, what happened was King Ahab, instead of, and this is so uh, like a lot of us. When something goes wrong, we don't look inward to change. We look outward to the problem. And so what King Ahab started saying was, uh, Elijah, he's the troublemaker. In fact, in, in 1 Kings, he actually calls him a troublemaker. Before, he, before he, Elijah says there's going to be no rain for three years, uh, Ahab called, uh, called Elijah and said, oh, look, you troublemaker of Israel. And Elijah said, oh, I'm not the troublemaker. You are the troublemaker. It's awesome. It's a great little uh, moment. If you ever want to see a great like a fight between two people, and um, how whiny King Ahab is, and how um, kind of like clapback Elijah is, you need to read through First Kings with them. It's really awesome. Um, anyway, uh, there's this moment where finally everything comes to a head, and Elijah goes to the top of Mount Carmel. They have this huge uh, fight, um, like who's like whose God is real. And um, there's a sacrifice, and whoever God uh, burns up the sacrifice with fire is the one true God. Obviously, Baal didn't. God, Yahweh, did. Um, and so then uh, Elijah took 450 prophets of Baal down to the Valley of Kishron and killed them all. Like, every one of them. Like, a, like a statement of this thing is dead we are the children of Israel. We are the followers of God. Yeah. Like this is a moment. Right after this, he goes up to King Ahab and says, get home. It's going to rain. So King Ahab goes home. As he's going home, Elijah prays with his servant, sends his servant up seven times. uh one, keep. Do you see a cloud? 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 Finally, seventh time, the servant comes back. I see a little bit of a cloud. And Elijah says, get ready. It's about to pour. And it rained. Like it's never rained before. So I want you to put yourself in Elijah's shoes for a second. You just showed all of Israel. What's up? God like think about things you're praying for right now and that God just shows up in your life. Like in such a miraculous way. There is no other way, but it is just God. And so like this is how Elijah's feeling. And like this super high of like, wow, finally things are changing. When Ahab got home, He told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you have killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah. And he left his servant there. Then he went on alone. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Not the most encouraging scripture. Like this isn't like the one that you like read, you're like, Don't you feel so good right now? Um but but let me. Like, as I was looking at this, there's just some things that are really important that I want to talk about. Um, And and the difference between leaders that go the long haul and leaders that burn out quicker, I believe, is in what they expect in others. I want to say that again. The difference between leaders that go the long haul and leaders that burn out quicker is what they expect in others. So let me back up and talk a little bit about Elijah's expectation. I believe his expectation. I don't know this for certain. This is my opinion. And it's only drawn on the only thing that I use it on is I, we all know people. So if I was Elijah, I would be thinking at this moment, finally, not that I won, that's awesome that that God was shown victorious and all that. I wouldn't even be thinking about that. I'd be thinking, finally, the king and queen are going to turn from stupid Baal worship and worship the one true God. And this is going to turn around Israel Forever, I'm not going to have to be hidden anymore. I'm going to stand right next to the king, and I'm going to be able to be the prophet that God has always called me to be. And the country is going to turn around, and we're going to be just like we used to be with David, and maybe we'll even reunite Judah with Israel again because there's two tribes that aren't even a part of Israel anymore. And and, and maybe we'll come together like we were under David and Solomon, and maybe we'll be able to be That Israel that we were always supposed to be, this was the moment it happened on a mountain. And now God's raining on his people again. And and I'm sure the king and queen are like, wow, look at this. And what is the first thing he get? A death threat. We're going to kill you. And I don't know if you have ever felt this. But I have. I have felt like I have been able to see miracles that God has done. And I thought, finally. Finally, we're going to see turnaround. Finally, we're going to see something break. Finally, uh, this person's life is going to be changed. Finally, this marriage is going to come back. Finally, I'm going to get to see these kind of people be the leaders that they've called to be. And you know what has happened sometimes? It's felt like I've gotten a death threat back. Like, I don't care. I'm running the opposite way. And I'll tell you, that will suck the energy out of your life. As it did Elijah. Um, I was thinking about this because I still haven't, like, fully processed this. So this is like a halfway processed thought that I've been reading through here. But I was thinking about, like, Jesus and how he dealt with this. He looked at Peter. and He said, on you I'm going to build my church. I know what's going to happen. Pentecost. Holy Spirit, it's going to be awesome. 10 to 15 verses later, he said, yeah, but you're also going to deny me when I need you the most. Can we be those kind of leaders that can hold both of those expectations in our hand? Can you be a big enough leader to keep moving forward yourself when people aren't going to meet the expectation that you have for them. Doesn't mean that you throw them away because Jesus still said, Peter, on you, I'm going to build my church. So still had major expectation for Peter, but also knew that you're frail and that you make mistakes. And and this kind of leadership, I, I think is some of the most powerful leadership. It's also gonna be some of the most uh, uh, leadership that leads to longevity, because you're not going through the ups and downs of people and their emotions. I, I, I think Elijah, I, I think he, he, he felt he fell into this moment where I thought this was it. But can I just can I just tell you the the that feeling that's a that, that can rob you of energy. Cause the finish line is heaven. The finish line is heaven. And until we hit that finish line, we fight. So these unrealistic expectations of finally I'm going to have peace and it's all going to be perfect is actually working against your longevity. And that's where Elijah found himself, I believe, my opinion. He thought, oh, yeah, we did it. If you only knew Elijah the fight that was still in front of you if you only knew that the Messiah was going to come hundreds of years later and they're going to kill him too. If you only knew that 2000 years after the messiah was raised from the dead we're still going to have fights in this world and there's going to be race riots and there's going to be people on uh either side yelling and screaming at each other using uh religion for own political and per- per- personal gain and 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 all, all of it. if you only knew elijah that it, it the this victory was a victory but it's not the final victory maybe Maybe you wouldn't be so tired, or maybe you wouldn't give up when you got a death threat because you had an expectation of, hey, I'm still in the fight. I know this doesn't sound super hopeful right now, but what I'm saying, listen, sometimes hope comes in the form of help. Help. And so, what I'm trying to do is help everyone so that we don't get uh, un- unrealistic expectations about what we're in. Because those things, if, uh, same thing, if you thought you were going out to run a quarter of a mile and then you realized that you had to run six miles, how are you feeling? Like, for real, like think, like how how many of you are going to have your best six-mile time if you are only ready for a quarter of a mile? But if you are ready for six miles, I'm asking us to get ready for six miles. I'm asking us to have the 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 fortitude of a leader that says I'm running a marathon and not running a sprint. And I know Elijah was in the fight a long time. And I know and I get it that you can be tired and that I'm not saying that those aren't moments that you have to have. So let's go just a little bit deeper and, and then we'll be done. Um, okay, so he left. Do, do you see this? This is something that maybe we missed. He, Elijah was afraid, fled, fled for his life. He went to Beersheba a town in Judah he left Israel if you don't understand the the geography of the time you don't understand how big of a thing this is Judah and Israel are two different countries they are ruled by two different kings they they are not together they are split in fact um, most of the time, there was massive war between the two. There wasn't a lot of peace. And and but they both believed Judah and Israel that they were the chosen children of God. But at this moment, Judah was the one, and the king that was over Judah at this time was worshiping the one true God. Israel was not with King uh, Ahab, but. Uh, I I can't remember the king over Judah at this time, but um, it was the dad of uh, Jehoshaphat. I can't remember his name. What? (laughs) Uh, I think it's Asa. I can't remember. Anyway, um, so uh, this king's worshiping God, and Elijah runs to this country He is called to the country that's not worshiping God. He runs to the country that is worshiping God. And he runs to this place, this safe haven. And sometimes when we get tired of fighting, we only want to be around things that feel like us and are safe. So when your walls start closing and you start making your world smaller, understand that you might be tired in the wrong way. Because we weren't called to be living in Judah. Our, our church isn't called to be living in Judah. It's called to be living right in the smack dab of Israel, meaning that we're in a place where nobody's worshiping God. We're in a place where there's a lot of other differing opinions. We're in a place where there is fight. Yeah. Not, not where there isn't one. Then after this, it says, and he left his servant there. So now, you're not only running to a place that feels safe and secure and everybody's more like me, now you're distancing yourself from the only person that actually saw these miracles that you were with. Nobody in Judah saw this miracle. Listen, listen. nobody else saw this, that he's around now. All of Israel saw it, the king and queen saw it, or the king saw it, uh, and his servant saw it, and now he left his servant by himself. So when when you start getting this tired and this starts getting into burnout, you start pushing away the people that are closest to you that have seen you doing what you know you're called to do. So when you're fearful and you put yourself in isolation, this is, a, this is the re- recipe for disaster. And it's a disaster for the call of God in your life. You think you're running away from somebody trying to kill you. What you're actually running into is the enemy killing your calling. So what you feel like you're running from, you might be running into something that you don't want either. Then, after this, then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day, all day travel. We all know how that can suck the life out of you, especially if you're traveling with a kid. It will suck the, just everything out of you. But even if you're by yourself, you travel all day. And this isn't like getting on different jets and flying around. This is straight up in the wilderness, walking in the desert, traveling all day. And he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die had enough lord take my life for i'm no better than my ancestors who have already died uh i i want you to see too so i want you to see elijah has gone from the top of a mountain to running all the way to the capital of israel to then running now to beersheba in judah which is a far away from the capital of samaria which is israel running all the way there to Judah then leaving his servant so no help and now a, a whole day of travel what you see is a guy who is very tired and when you don't have good rest in your life and i'm not talking about good rest like oh i need some time where i can just like get some netflix and like i'm talking like good rest like you spending time with god yeah. you're around good people who are who are calling out the goodness in you, and and beating down the dumb thoughts that you have in your mind—that's good rest. Yeah, that's good uh, you're you're around. Ra- you're serving in places that actually give you energy. You're you're actually in places that actually help you be the person that you've called that you've been called to be that you actually feel better when you do those things. That's the kind of rest a lot of times that we miss. And then we go to some of this stuff that looks like rest but isn't rest. He's under a solitary tree, but guess what? He's not resting. He's he's not getting rest for his soul. He's just giving up. And I think all of this stems from an unrealistic expectation that if I fight for a little bit and we win, I'm done fighting. I I think this all stems from that. Like, it it all stems from, I did good, I, I, I fought this big battle, we won, it's over. And I just... I, I want to remind us that that, that we we've got to be people who continually fight even when even when we feel like oh this should turn it around this should be the moment this this is it this is it now can we have these moments absolutely can I believe for these moments? Absolutely. Are there moments in life that feels like, oh, hey, things are great and good? And look at Yes, absolutely. But the moments that you don't get those and you're surprised and you're like, whoa, I thought this was going to go completely differently than how it was supposed to go. Please don't quit. Please just don't run off and think, that's it. God, take my life. Because we need you in the fight. Yeah. Elijah, we need you in the fight. So, so let me say this one thing, and then we'll be done. Wow, this is long. But I, I just, I'm, I'm just trying to talk through this. this um, okay, so Elijah, he, I'm going to fast forward through some of the scripture. So Elijah now, God takes care of him. Miraculously. Miraculously. Gives him food, water, in the wilderness, takes care of him again. Brings him to a mountain, speaks to him, restores him, tells him, Elijah, I'm, I'm looking out for you. Even though you feel like I've left, left you, I'm not, I haven't left you. Restores him. But the next thing that he does, God does in Elijah's life, is says, now I want you to go anoint Elisha. And elijah still has some stuff there's still some moments that you you'll you'll see in um uh where he still talks to king Ahab um, they're very few now like there i think there's one because now it's elisha i i Okay, I, I can say this. I'm still working this out of my head. Uh I believe that in this moment, when Elijah said, I'm done, God said, Okay. Was God done with Elijah? No. Did God still use Elijah? Absolutely, in some pretty significant ways. But the plan now was in motion of now it's Elisha. So my, my thought, I'm just thinking through this. God's never going to pull us into something that we don't want to fight with. Like, God's not going to force you into the fight. God's not, not going God's not to continually, if, if you've seen things over and over and over again, God will raise up people after people after people after people. And so I'm praying, God help me that I can, I can really grow my longevity and my spirit can can be uh, tough but not bitter and, and, um, and strong but not hard so that I can stay in this for a long, long, long time. And that when my son talks to me about being in ministry, I still have happy eyes about it and, and a happy heart and it still brings me joy instead of feeling like i i don't have anything left to give and it's taken all of my life from me so so i, I i'm in this like god help me help me help me like keep my heart right um And I I think that's going to help me with uh, having longevity. Hey, church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.